Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, welcome to the Blonde Files podcast. I'm your host, Arielle Laurie, and I'm here to talk all things wellness. From how to achieve optimal health and well-being to the best beauty tips and everything in between, no topic is off limits. I know there is so much information out there, so I'm here to help you navigate it all and live your best life. Thanks for listening. Let's get into it. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show and welcome to a bonus episode of the Blonde Files podcast. So here's the backstory on this one. You probably know that I struggled with gut issues for years and have gone through all sorts of healing protocols with both my gastroenterologist and my nutritionist. And this included being on meds like steroids and antibiotics and also taking natural supplements and changing my diet, et cetera, et cetera. But surprisingly, a good probiotic was never really part of my plan and not because anybody dropped the ball in that department, but because I just couldn't find anything that I liked. So enter last October. I was in New York. I got super sick with some kind of stomach bug that was not COVID, but it was horrible. And it left me with stomach issues once again. And we did all sorts of tests and everything was normal. But what I was experiencing was not normal for me. So it was kind of perfect timing when Just Thrive came on to sponsor the podcast and I got to try out their products and learn about them. And I was so interested in their product and their research that I decided to use it and to stick with it this time. And when I say it really helped clear everything up, that is not an exaggeration. So as you know, I've had doctors come on to talk about gut health, but I wanted to learn about probiotics specifically. So I decided to bring Tina Anderson, who's the co-founder and CEO of Just Thrive on. And she has a really interesting story herself. And she breaks down how probiotics work, why they're important and everything you would want to know about that. So enjoy. All right. Welcome, Tina. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Ariel, for inviting me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to chat about probiotics and gut health with you. It is probably the most relatable, relevant topic to my listeners. You know, I've been very open about my own gut health journey over the years, and I've had all sorts of issues. Um, and so I'm really interested in learning from you about probiotics. And, you know, I have had gut health doctors and researchers on my show, and we talk a lot about the science of it, but we don't talk so much about probiotics and how those work. So 
really excited to learn from you and I'm sure my audience will be as well. So first to start out, I would just love to hear some of your story because you are an attorney, right? Yeah, I am actually. Um, yeah, I started out um, as an attorney. I was in civil litigation and um, working crazy hours. And just based on a desire to have more of a work-life balance, I had my first child at the time. And I'm like, I just can't do this anymore. So I went into a family pharmaceutical business. And I thought that was great because I thought, oh my gosh, we're here we are delivering life-saving medications to people. This is wonderful. But after being in the industry for quite a few years, uh, both my husband and I were both in the industry. And we both saw a lot of the abuses in the pharmaceutical industry. We saw a lot of the overprescribing of medications. Um, we saw that in the industry, but we also saw it with our own family members. You know, we had one particular family member that was on one medication. And then before you know it, she was on 12 and never getting better, you know, because this medication caused stomach issues. And then this one caused joint issues to fix the stomach issues. And so it was this never ending cycle. And then we saw it in the industry too. You know, we had won this huge bid for a large hospital system and um, the pharmaceutical rep came into our office and was like, you know what my job is now? My job is to go to every cardiologist in this system and tell them to lower the number that they prescribe a particular medication and it was really, it was like we were shocked, but then another part of us wasn't that shocked because we we're like, you know, we saw this happening all around us. And so we, my husband and I both read a lot of, you know, deep thinking books like Wayne Dyer, Norman Vincent Peale. And um, I just knew we weren't doing our life's work. And so we decided we lived pretty natural lives anyway. We were kind of brought up that way. Now I'm way more educated and empowered but um, at the time, I was like, it just, it's not the way we lived our lives anyways with our, with our three children. And so through a lot of meditation, prayer, being at the right place at the right time, um, we were able to uh, license these very exclusive, different type of probiotic strains to the market. And, and that's from London University. So um, really been the most gratifying career journey I've ever been on bar none. How did you end up in probiotics and gut health? Did you have issues yourself or did somebody in your family have issues? No, actually, um, we didn't. I, I didn't and nobody really in my family did, which is interesting because most people in our space really are drawn to a particular field because of that. Um, ours was more about maintaining health and like that that emphasis on treatment in the pharmaceutical industry was so like backwards to me. We wanted to focus on prevention and focus on maintenance of our gut health. And that was really what we always had focused on in our own lives. And we started learning more and more about the gut and how the gut really is so important for every aspect of our overall health. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure my listeners are familiar with my story, but I was having terrible, very acute gut issues, maybe at this point, like five years ago. And I didn't know anything at that time about kind of alternative therapies, lifestyle modification, that kind of stuff. You know, I just was looking for basically the the band-aid. I mean, I I figured like the route to go as a gastroenterologist. And for sure it's important to go and see a doctor and rule out you know, something really serious and medication can be really helpful. But, you know, I was put on an SSRI because they thought it was stress. 
And the dose that I was put on, which was a non-therapeutic dose, wasn't working. So we upped it. So then I'm on an SSRI, which I'm sure you know, and people listening is very difficult to get off of. And then, you know, I was put on steroids, which actually actually did help my issues that I was having, but I was on them for like years as opposed to weeks. And so I, I can see how you can just start adding on one medication after another, after another. And like, I am you know, I try to be very clear that I'm not anti-medication. They definitely do have a time and a place. But once I finally went the more holistic route and really figured out what was going on underlying, you know, the symptoms that I was having and treating those through supplementation and things like meditation, which you mentioned and stress management and all of that, my problems got a lot better. So I think it's... I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, when you said that about the medication and I never want to come across as being like, I don't agree with any medication. I mean, Mm -hmm. medication is great for acute type situations and emergency type situations. We just feel like it's not always the best route for chronic type of situations and issues that people have. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the case with me. You know, I was on these medications for years and finally I was like, why am I still taking an SSRI? You know, I'm not, not, I don't have a chemical imbalance. And so I went off that and I finally got off the steroids and I had to actually go back on the steroid for a short period of time. But again, like it has a time and a place and, you know, I was introduced to supplements that help and probiotics and all of that. So I would love to hear how you kind of landed on the strain and how that strain is different from other strains that we might be familiar with and all of that. Yeah. So um, basically, when we brought Just Thrive to the market, it was made up of these bacillus spore-based probiotics. So this was very different than anything that has been on the market in the U.S. We were complete disruptors in the industry because the majority of probiotics on the market were comprised of lacto, or are still comprised of lactobacillus and bifidobacterium strains. And And the thing to remember is that the Human Microbiome Project was launched by the National Institutes of Health about 2010 or so. And before that, we really didn't know much about the microbiome. We didn't know the dramatic impact it had on our overall health. And most of those probiotic strains, the lacto and bifido strains, were formulated before the Human Microbiome Project. And so these strains, the bacillus endospore strains, are they were formulated, they're basically from nature, but the whole idea of using them as a probiotic was based on this human microbiome project that came out by the National Institutes of Health that told us how important the gut was, how what the how the gut functions. And and so basically the spore base, the bacillus spore base are actually found in nature. Our ancestors used to get them from the environment. Our ancestors used to eat roots and tubers and there'd be soil on those and they would eat them. And that's how they got their probiotic strains. You know, they would get them from the soil. And so that's what these bacillus strains are. Bacillus endospore shells are actually natively found in the soil. And when they're in the soil, they have this endospore shell around itself. It's like a protein calcified shell around itself. And that shell protects it from the soil. And they're dormant. When they're in the soil, they're dormant. And now when people would swallow those strains, they would still be dormant. And it's not until they hit the intestines that they took that shell off And that's when they went into their live vegetative cell state. And that's when they became live bacteria, when they went to work in your gut. Where the majority of probiotics now are made up of lactobacillus and bifidobacterium, like I mentioned, those are live microorganisms, you know, in the refrigerator, for example. And and so the question was always, if a probiotic needed to be refrigerated, it meant it couldn't withstand the room temperature 
to stay alive. Even the room temperature would kill it. So how in the world would it ever survive your body temperature, which is 98.6? And the answer is they don't. And then much less, let's say they did. Now they get into your gastric system. Your stomach acid is meant to be the gastric barrier. Most of those probiotics are dying before they ever get to the intestines. So for many years, when people were taking the lactobacillus and bifidobacterium strains, they were basically essentially getting dead bacteria therapy. And it doesn't mean it doesn't do anything. I've talked to people many times that say, well, I did take a probiotic that was made up of lacto and bifido, and it did help me. And, And people do sometimes see some symptomatic relief. But with the spores, the bacillus spores, we're actually going and getting to the root cause of the gut issues. So these spores go in, they get there 100% alive. They're reading the microbial environment. So when they get there, they have the ability to read, kind of scan the bacteria. Do we have more pathogenic bacteria? Do we have more beneficial bacteria? What about that beneficial bacteria that needs to help, needs some help along the way? So these strains create compounds and nutrients to help bring those beneficial bacteria kind of back to life. And then they have the ability to get rid or competitively exclude of pathogenic bacteria. So they stay there for about 21 to 28 days where they're working through the entire intestinal tract. So they do colonize for about 21 to 28 days, and then eventually they leave the body. And then the crazy thing is when they leave the body through defecation, they go back into their spore state where they have that endospore shell, and then they'll come back into the world, you know, in a different way somehow. So it's really, they're quite intelligent. It's amazing when we go back to nature and the way we evolved, how it all just makes sense. And that's when you really start to see true healing is when you kind of go back to the way we used to do it. Mm -hmm. That's so interesting. I love the idea that nothing is ever really created and nothing is ever really destroyed. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a great, great saying, especially for these strains. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about the Human Microbiome Project? Because I think other guests have referenced it. And I think a lot of people, including myself, have probably heard of it, but don't know much about it. Well, it was a study done over, my gosh, I mean, I think it was done over seven, eight years. And it just told us, it basically told us that pretty much all disease starts in the gut. I mean, there is, you know, people for so long have associated gut issues with digestive issues, like you have gas or bloating, Mm -hmm. diarrhea, constipation. But that project told us now that the gut is really responsible for virtually all aspects of our overall health from heart disease to cancer, to diabetes, skin rashes, obviously autoimmune issues, um, mental health disorders. And so it told us, and, and we're still finding out more, like diversity is really important in our gut microbiome. It told us that we really need more diversity a diverse microbiome, both in richness and uniformity. So it told us ways that we could help support our microbiome. You know, it wasn't about throwing a whole bunch of, you know, billions of CFUs. It's about finding strains that actually go in and start to recondition the gut, you know, go in and start to make a true change in the gut. And and I, it also told us too, what is disrupting our gut. And unfortunately, you know, we that study told us that we are 10 times more bacteria than we are human. So we are 10 times more bacterial cells than we are human cells. And people have a really hard time wrapping their head around that. And I mean, I even did it first. It's crazy to think that our bacteria really are dictating almost all aspects of our overall health. And yet we live in this antimicrobial world. I mean, we are so, what we, the world we live in is so offensive to our gut health. I mean, from antibiotics, which are huge, you know, offenders to our gut health, 
to, um, you know, the glyphosate, the active ingredient in Roundup. And, you know, with antibiotics, antibiotics are not just, we take a course of antibiotics and people think, oh, I was just on it for a short time. Or it's like, there are studies that show that a single course of clindamycin will wreak havoc on your gut for over a year period of time. Um, mm-hmm. And of course there's antibiotics in our food supply. And then glyphosate, which is the active ingredient in Roundup that's sprayed all over our crops, all of our food supply, we are ingesting that every day. It is wreaking massive havoc in our gut. Um, household products, a lot of like the cleaning supplies, especially nowadays, you know, kills 99.9% of the bacteria. There was a study that showed that um, households who use those types of cleaning supplies that killed 99.99% of the bacteria actually had children with a higher incidence of allergy, immune dysfunction, you know, autoimmune issues. So it's, it's amazing how much our household products that we're trying to be clean and do the right thing are actually causing disruption in our gut lining and our gut, you know, beauty products, the water we drink, all of those things. Stress. I mean, stress is a massive um, offender of our gut health and people think it's woo woo and it's not related, but you know, there's a huge gut brain connection going on. So we're, you know, we, we found out that we are more bacteria than we are human. We are, you know, living in a very antimicrobial world and, and we need to really be supporting our bacteria. Bacteria is good. I mean, there's just, unfortunately that less than 1% of the bad bacteria gets all the press, you know, so no one's talking about the good in the world or in our bacteria. (laughs) It's true. Yeah. There's a lot there that I want to touch on, but the antibiotic thing really resonates because I was the kind of person who if I started to feel a tickle in my throat or like had a runny nose, I would get a pack, you know? Yep, yep, <laughs> And yeah. I mean, just antibiotic after antibiotic over the years for so many different things. And even when I was initially having gut issues and we thought it was SIBO, we were just doing antibiotic round after round after round with no gut support. And, um, you know, I think, and that was years ago and I'm still kind of recovering from that now. So is there... Is there a point at which someone can be fully healed? I mean, should somebody be taking probiotics daily forever? Or is there a point when the gut kind of recovers its balance and has a healthy diversity and variety? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think if we were living in a very, you know, secluded, you know, in a tribe in Tanzania, I think we could probably heal our gut and then go live there and live off the land and, and really not have to take a probiotic or not have to do things to support our gut health because it's not being, you know, um, attacked on a regular basis. But though, you know, I, I do think that, you know, antibi- I just want to point out with that antibiotic thing that you mentioned, um, you know, the CDC actually estimated that 50% of antibiotics that are prescribed are actually um, unnecessary, you know, because exactly like you said, I mean, a lot of it is doctor's faults, but a lot of it is patient. You know, patients are pushing their doctors. I'm going out of town. I like, give me a Z pack or give me this. And that was and, me always. Yeah. They're like, you really don't need, I'm like, I need it. Just I need it. Right. <laughs> I know. Well, you're not alone. I mean, look at that. I mean, a lot of people are doing that. Yeah. And the thing that people have to remember is that not like if you, in that case, you had like a runny nose, that was like a viral infection. And yeah. so now this, this bacteria or this uh, probiotic isn't going to help the virus and inf- viral infection. In fact, it's going to ruin, you know, or like offend your immune system, which is in your gut even more and not allow you to be able to fight that virus that you have. So that's, what's so right. funny is that it's counterproductive, but, right. but yeah, our bodies are beautifully designed to heal themselves. And I think that that's something that we have to, as a society, remind ourselves 
we really are, we're beautifully designed to fight off viruses. We're beautifully designed to fight off bacteria or, you know, pathogenic bacteria. We are beautifully designed in that way. And our gut is no different. Our gut is designed and our gut is a massive, it has a massive role in that, in helping us heal our bodies. And so um, I do think that you could heal your gut. I do think taking probiotics on a regular basis, doing other things to create, creating more diversity in your foods. You should, we should be eating more diverse group of foods. We should be, um, you know, taking a spore-based probiotic. We should be meditating on a regular basis, trying to lead a more calmer lifestyle, avoiding sugar and alcohol and all of those types of things. Uh, but unfortunately, the world we live in is really pretty offensive to it. So it would be something that you need to be maintaining on a you know regular basis. Mm-hmm. You mentioned diversity in food. So what about probiotic foods, things like kimchi, kraut, yogurts, Um, kefir, all of that stuff. Is that effective or are you kind of getting sort of that dead bacteria that can't survive in your stomach in that environment? Well, I think um, you're right in that you are getting the dead bacteria, but you're also getting so many other nutrients. So I think all of those types of gut supportive foods are wonderful. The only thing is they're not a replacement for a probiotic that's going in and actually making a change in the population of the microbiome. So I would say that absolutely, I'm a huge fan of like eating fermented foods. I believe that they're super nutrient rich and they do a lot of beneficial things for your gut microbiome. They're just not a replacement because they're not making that change. Mm-hmm. And, but like the diversity of foods, I'm even saying like, go to an ethnic grocery store and buy, you know, different types of fruits, you know, maybe go to Middle Eastern or an Asian grocery store and find different types of foods or even just get out of our same rut. I mean, our ancestors used to eat 600 different types of foods a year and we eat, you know, probably 10 to 12 different types of foods a year. So it's really important that we create some diversity, even if it's just at, you know, the regular grocery store that you're going to just try to find different types of foods and roots and tubers and different types of vegetables um, to feed your microbiome that does help support diversity. And we know from the Human Microbiome Project that having a diverse microbiome means health. I mean, if you have a diverse microbiome, you really have health. It's amazing. I mean, that's like undisputed in the industry. Mm -hmm. I was listening to something recently where they were talking about like blue zones and areas in the world where um, are populations where there's less disease and more longevity. And they were talking about their diet and, you know, a lot of them incorporate spices and spices make certain nutrients and minerals and everything more bioavailable to the body. And I thought that was so interesting. Yeah, I love that. And that's the key, the bioavailability. And that's the other thing with like all of the spices or whatever foods you're eating, if your gut is inflamed, it's not absorbing all those nutrients. And that's something that we used to think, oh, we are what we eat. We're really, we are what we absorb. And so, so many people are walking around with an inflamed microbiome, inflamed gut, and now they're not even absorbing. They're eating really clean. They're doing all these things. But if your gut is inflamed, it's not absorbing all those important nutrients Mm -hmm. that you're eating. Yeah. And I think the tendency now is to restrict. I mean, at least for myself, when I was going through my issues, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to take out gluten and dairy and sugar and, and again, time and a place for all of this. And there are certain things that I do avoid because I feel better, but you know, then that didn't work. So, okay, now we're taking out FODMAPs. Okay. Now we're going to take out this and that. And by the end of it, you know, you're eating the same five things over and over again. And it just is, you know, the, every expert that I've had on, had on has said the same thing as you, more diversity, you know, keep incorporating those things. Of course, if you have SIBO or you're having, you know, kind of 
more acute issues, remove FODMAPs, but only for four weeks or four to six weeks and work, right. with, work with a practitioner who can help guide you because those have such important prebiotics, you know, and we can't, we, we're starving our microbiomes of essential um, bacteria, right? Right. Absolutely. And then the other thing is that people, when they're, when they do have food sensitivities, you pretty much know you have a leaky gut and, you know, leaky gut is a huge offender to our overall health. And, you know, when you start to heal that leaky gut, the leakiness of the gut, now you're going to be able to start introducing those foods that you weren't able to before. So it really is counterproductive to not be eating different, a diversity. And I, I, I totally hear what you're saying with the whole restrictive eating. It, it drives me crazy because I'm like, you know, we can't do this or I'm in this, I'm eating this way. I'm paleo, I'm vegan, I'm this. You know, it's like, we just should be trying to have a lot of diversity in our diets as much as possible and limit things that are disruptive to them. But once in a while, you could certainly have them. You know, it's, it's yeah. in the world. Well, yeah. And to your point about stress, creating these narratives around food and being so rigid and restrictive, you know, that makes eating such a stressful experience anyway. And when we tell ourselves these things like, oh my gosh, this has soy in it. So I'm going to like, my body is going to freak out. Well then you're, yeah, your body's probably going to freak out. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. And you've heard of people who have like had something they thought they were allergic to. And then all of a sudden they ate it and they found out later and they were fine, you know? And yeah. so it, there is, there's definitely a mental component to it, which I think we both know. Yeah. Yeah. I can't even, I mean, I remember I was very, very rigid and was restricting so many things. And then I remember like I started kind of inadvertently having things that were on my band list and realizing nothing was happening, nothing bad was happening, you know? And so I was able to reintroduce those, but everybody's different. So yep, I think it's yep. just... <laughs> Everyone has to do what works for them. Yeah. Is there anybody who a probiotic is not appropriate for? Um, no, I can't think of anyone. In fact, I feel like that is the foundation for health. I mean, particularly, of course, the spore base are the what our ancestors grew up on. That's what they that's what they had. That's what they knew, and they mm -hmm. ate off of land. Um, I, and I think a lot of people ask for pregnant moms, like, can pregnant moms take them? And it's like, um, of course, we always say to ask your doctor whenever you're taking any type of supplement. Every pregnancy is different, but it is so important for a pregnant mom to be taking care of their microbiome because that is when you are not with your gut bacteria. You know, you and I didn't get our gut bacteria from, we didn't get what we were made up with from the land. We got it from our mom. Our mom inoculates us with the lactobacillus and bifidobacterium that's in our gut. And it's so important that you pass on the healthiest microbiome you possibly can. So I think it would be very critically important. I think it's great, especially for kids too. You know, our kids are being brought up. When I was a kid, which was a long, long time ago, they, um, I, I knew one child who had a, you know, a peanut allergy, you know, K through eight, I mean, K through 12, one kid who had a peanut allergy now, you know, it's so prevalent. Our kids are, our, their guts are really compromised right now. And so it's, I think it's so important to be able to take, you know, to support it with a spore-based probiotic, just because it is really making a difference. So um, I, I can't think of any group that wouldn't benefit from taking it. And I always feel like it's the found, it's like ground zero for health. It's foundational health. We, we have got to be taking care of our gut health. And we know with these strains that um, we have a double blind human clinical trial on leaky gut. 
um, which is profound. We're the only probiotic that has a study of its kind um, and the only pharmaceutical, I don't think there's even a pharmaceutical that has a study of this kind, um, of this magnitude. And so we know leaky gut is so prevalent. Um, they estimate 80% of the adult population has a leaky gut. And when you have a leaky gut, these toxins are seeping into the bloodstream and causing this constant inflammatory response. And so we really, um, we need to start with having that foundation of gut health before we try to do anything else. So I can't imagine anybody that would not benefit tremendously from being on a spore-based probiotic. Mm -hmm. And the spore-based, that's what you were describing before, is that kind of, it encapsulates it? Yeah. 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 And it's not because we've done anything, you know, there's a lot of probiotics out there that have like enterocoding or they do certain engineering to have them try Mm -hmm. to survive. I mean, companies know that their probiotics are arriving dead in the intestines. So they're trying to do things to get them to arrive alive. Mm -hmm. Um, But these are not something, it's not something we've engineered. These are the way the strains, they have the shell around them. That's the way they were found in nature. So um, yeah, it's very different approach. It's a different category of probiotics entirely. What about time of day? Like, should you be taking it in the morning on an empty stomach? Is it better with food at the end of the day? Does that matter? Great question. Yeah, it doesn't matter what time of day. What matters is that um, you take it with food. It actually, we did, everything we do is based on studies. And so one of the first studies we did was a gut model study. And it told us that these strains use food to germinate throughout the intestines. So you're going to get more for your money, if you will, you know, with taking them with food. So, um, but the time of day doesn't matter. Some people like to take them in the morning because they feel like it gives them more energy. My dad likes to take them at night. You know, everybody's different. So, but as long as you take it with food, it works that much better. It's not bad to take it on an empty stomach. It's just that it'll work that much better. And the other thing to remember too, is you could actually open these capsules and mix it with food. So when my son was younger, he would, I'd make him is piping hot oatmeal and I mix it in there and you could actually bake with them. We've tested them up to 455 degrees. Yeah. And they actually survived. So you could sneak it into, you know, they don't taste like anything. So the kids wouldn't even know if it's in there. So, but just one a day, it's literally the easiest thing to do to just support um, your gut health. Mm -hmm. I like making like a coconut yogurt out of oh, them. I don't know yeah. if you've ever done that, but yeah, it's, it's Oh, that's awesome. It yeah. That's um, good. You're really double whammy because you're getting the yogurt, the ferment, yeah. ferment. Yeah. That's awesome. So have you noticed in the studies or have you guys looked at this, how long it takes if somebody has say leaky gut? Is it like a month until they start feeling better? Have you guys, have you had any data on that? Yeah, well, the study that we did, so the way the study that we did, it was done by University of North Texas. It was done with 100 college students. They found Mm -hmm. that 55% of them had a leaky gut and didn't know it. And so they took the remaining subjects, divided them in half, and gave one section, what the placebo group, they gave the placebo, and then the other one, they gave the spores. And then they sent them home 30 days. Now we know what college students are doing to their bodies for 30 days um, because there was no other dietary or lifestyle modification. They just had to take the, you know, probiotic strains and then the placebo. Came back, retested for leaky gut. The way they tested is how many LPS toxins seeped into the bloodstream. The placebo group saw a 32% increase in LPS toxins in the bloodstream. So people are, it's getting worse and worse. The treated group, actually found a 42% reduction in 
LPS toxins seeping into the bloodstream. So we are talking about 30 days. That's It was 30 days just to see a 42% reduction in LPS toxins. And remember, that's actually more than for 42% because the placebo group had a 32% increase. So, right. I mean, it could be argued that it's like a 60% increase, but that's a profound decrease of LPS toxins um, going into the bloodstream. So we see in this study, we saw some pretty significant improvement in just 30 days. But when people will take the product, it's always so different depending on the disruption that you, you know, your imbalances, your dysfunction of the gut. We see people within a couple of days taking the product and start to feel better, especially when people have some like bowel issues. They seem to see more increased regularity. Sometimes with people with skin issues, it may take a couple months to see a difference. Um, you know, it, everyone is really different, but generally within 14 to 30 days, you're going to start seeing something. And then but then there are some people that may take three months to see something. So, right. but it is pretty dependent on what your gut is, you know, which kind of shape it's in. Right. What if somebody has negative side effects initially? Is that a good thing? Is that seen as like yeah. a die off of the bad bacteria or? Absolutely. Yeah. So if people start to see some like gastrointestinal discomfort, that's definitely a sign of die off. And um, it's, it just means it's working, but we don't want anybody to be uncomfortable. So we always suggest you just go slowly. You could start out with a half a capsule um, every other day or a full capsule every other day or half a capsule every day. But yeah, if you're having a little bit of that die off, just know it's working and you probably really need it even more because um, mm -hmm. and, and know it's working. So just stick with it. Mm -hmm. It always makes me so sad when people would start and they're like, oh, it's, it's not agreeing with me. And it's like, oh, right. no, you're the one that really <laughs> needs it. So <laughs> that's good to know. That's happened to me in the past with probiotics, but I, I have been using yours and I love it. Um, oh, thank you. So yeah, I think everybody could definitely benefit. And it's so interesting to learn about it. And I love that you guys are really research-based. So yeah, so thank you so much for, for letting us in on the process and everything. Oh yeah. Thank you for the opportunity. I just, I'm such a geek when it comes to gut health because <laughs> I just, I want to, I want to scream from the top of buildings. Like everybody needs to focus on their gut health because yeah. people don't realize that it impacts virtually everything, every type yeah. of you know condition out there. It's true. Do you have a testimonial or, or anything from a customer or someone who's taken it? That's just been crazy. That you oh, can share? <laughs> yes. It's like, I'm trying, I have, um, well, two that come to mind are the, um, we have a, a child who's on autism spectrum. We speak a lot at autism events because I think the thing people aren't realizing is that there's such a huge gut brain connection. I mean, from anxiety, depression, you know, Alzheimer's, dementia, these are all related to imbalances going on in the gut. And so we have a, a mom of a little boy whose son who who's, is autistic and has just seen tremendous improvement. You know, I'm, I'm not suggesting that he is, you know, not, is not on the spectrum anymore. It's just that he now, like people, kids on the um, spectrum have a lot of gut dysbiosis going on. And so they've seen incredible improvements from, you know, how he was speaking more, his just everything, he's sleeping better, his mood is better, he's going to the bathroom more regularly. And just to see like a happier kid, it's just, it, it, as a mother of three children, it's like, there's no better testimonial than you could get from um, a mom and, this, and her child. 
Yeah. And then another close friend of mine is a dentist and she's like, I was sick all the time because mm-hmm. my hands are in like people's mouths all the time. Every winter I would get so sick. And she's like, and then she kind of diagnosed herself as having a leaky gut and she started on it. And she's like, I can't, I mean, literally I'll be at like a restaurant and I'll look over and she's talking to somebody about the product. She's obviously, <laughs> she's like literally our biggest fan. Cause she's like, I can't believe what it's done for so much of our, my overall health, but my God, there are so many, it's, yeah. it's literally what feeds my soul. And that's why I always try to encourage people like do your life's work. I mean, um, there was no reason from a financial perspective that we would have ever left our positions, but we did it for such different reasons. And it's been so awesome. And I'm, I'm so glad we did it. That's amazing. Well, your passion definitely comes through and, um, and yeah, thank you again for sharing with us. Thank you, Ariel. hope you enjoyed that episode. If you liked it, and if you like the show in general, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe. It goes a long way, and it's actually the best way to support the show. Also, if you want to see more about each episode, you can head over to the Blonde Files podcast on Instagram. I'm always posting about each episode there or over on my personal page at Ariel Laurie.